0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the History Voyager. My name is Benjamin Kitchings. As always, there are zillion podcasts out there. Thank you very, very, very much for listening to mine. People ask me, and I've had people ask me this all over the world, why do you talk about technology? Why do you talk about current events? You're a history podcast. The answer to that is I had a historian uh, for a college professor, uh, many years ago. And he said... That history doesn't stop. That technically class... Yesterday... Was history. I never forgot that. Shout out to Dr. Seiko... Wherever you are in the world. Um, anyway... So... Why am I doing a history podcast and talking about technology? Well, for me, I think we live at the intersection of an old time and a new time. And I've said this before on my show, and I'm sure I'm going to say it again, although I didn't say it on this episode. The thing that strikes me about 2020, 2021, and the first several weeks of 2022 is... Is that all we really did was take pre-existing technology and adapt it to a situation. And I think eventually we're going to create new technology with the modern world in mind. And that fascinates me. It fascinates me to think about where we're going to be in five years or ten years Or, you know, God forbid, if there's another plague that shows up and suddenly we have to adapt in another another direction. So we take other existing technology and adapt that in another way. That fascinates me. It really does. I think about that quite a lot. I think about that in relation to history because if you think about Gutenberg, um, you know, He was an entrepreneur he was trying to make a buck or a gelder or whatever florin (laughs) you know um but he had no idea at the time that he was starting a a printing revolution or if he did i don't think he would have thought it was as big as it was so the thing we can do now is we can have we can talk to fellow what I call revolutionaries and I can get their opinion on where they think the world is going and tell me about certain things and I did that with this episode and I'm going to release it basically in its entirety but I think it's you know this is for the future this is the history of right this second Uh, for the future, so you're you're talking to to, two, or I guess listening to two, basically what you want to call digital immigrants, at least we're both immigrating to Web3, Um, and we're sort of talking about that, and you know, people talk all the time about, well, the good things about technology, and the bad things about technology, well, I think they are I think it's both good and bad at the same time, right? I think, like everything else, I think there's, there's good and bad with any kind of new, profound change. And I think it's time we had an honest accounting of that. And this was sort of, I guess, a prelude. Um... One of the things I want to do is talk to maybe some parents, people that have to uh, have their children learning virtually. For some folks, this is this will be like the third year of that. Um, there's a there's one or two folks I have lined up on Twitter um, who might come on, but they're understandably super busy. But I think that's a very important thing. But I think this is important. I think this is important because we're talking about the future. What the future might be on January 20th, 2022. Of course, you know, something might happen. Um, The thing about my podcast is it's given me a, a perspective in the world. Um, so when people ask me now, what do you see happening in five years? A lot of times I, I just honestly say, I honestly don't know. Um, because things could happen, stuff could pop off. Uh, you're talking about, um, a much more connected world than we had maybe even 20 years ago. Um much much more connected and i think that's only going to continue um anyway so without further ado i'm going to just basically put this podcast into the universe and as always i'm having a good day and i hope you are too and i'll talk to you folks later Hello, my name is Benjamin Kitchings of the History Voyager. I'm here with
1: Shirag. Chirag, Chirag And what's your I last name? Mm-hmm. I am And I am the co-founder of Speric, a leadi- leading IT and marketing agency that's established in India as well as UK. And I'm also a crypto investor, a tech enthusiast. I i am also an ebook writer writer, a content specialist, and a professional digital marketer. So yeah, I do a lot of things, and yeah, that's me.
0: Do a lot of things. So, and I'm going to talk about a lot of that with you. Sure. Um, first, let's talk about what is digital okay. marketing.
1: So starting with digital marketing, it came in the Web2 era. And digital marketing is, as you have seen, there was the off word marketing that was happening prior back in eighties nineties. And there were those hoardings and the TV commercials, all these kinds of marketing then came digital marketing. Also we can Mm -hmm. call it as online marketing. So it was a new way to promote our brands, to connect with our potential customers using the internet and other forms of digital communication. Right? So it not only includes email, social media, Mm -hmm. it includes different, different marketing channels that we have right now.
0: Yeah. Mhm. Okay. So, how is okay, let me ask you this. I've heard a lot about web3. So, explain web3 and how it differs from web2 and okay. I guess web1. So, 1.
1: starting with web3, it divides into three basic parts. That was web1, web2 and web3. So, web3 came in back in 90s when the internet just started and there was a boom on the internet and the web three, how it's different from web one web one was mainly static websites, like how we have the blog websites or, you know, just static websites where you can just read and cannot do much more than that. So most of the users were purchasers of content and the creators were developers in the web one because people didn't know much about how they can be creators. Only the skilled engineers and developers, were building websites and they were the content purchasers as well as the users. So that was web one. And then later on in 2004, there was an advancement in web and then came web two, which is the social web phase, which we have right now as well. So then came the social medias like Facebook, Instagram came much later on, but different, different social medias like MySpace, Facebook or awkward. So web two, the advantage of the web 2 was that you don't need to be a developer to take part in the creation activities because numerous applications were built that way that anybody like you and me can be a seller or a creator like tiktok or instagram these are the examples so web 2 was pretty straightforward and due to its ease a lot of individuals all over the world became its user like currently we have like 4.7 or 8 billion you active users of internet, that's more than like 60% of the total population. So, yeah, and then web three is the advancement Mm -hmm. of web two. So it can be perceived as the read, compose and own period of the internet. So instead of simply involving, you know, like free Mm -hmm. tech platforms, like how we exchange our personal information and data on Facebook or any other tech platform. Mm Instead of that, in Web3, users like you and me can literally Mm. take part in the administration activity of the actual protocols and conventions that are happening. So, this means individuals can become members, shareholders, and investors, not just products or customers. And it's mostly based on the blockchain Mm. technology and it's mainly related to the cryptocurrencies. And the whole Web3 is a decentralized network. So, that means People like you and me, if we hold enough of these cryptocurrencies, say over any network, so we have, we have a worth, or we can say over that community, like you can't go to Google and tell them that I don't like your facilities or I don't like the service so change it. But in web three, as a part of community, you can put your word and actions can be taken and there can be certain changes. So that's different in web three, different from web two. Yeah mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay,
0: so I've noticed uh, myself that sort of the digital marketing yeah, space is globalizing, um, and I'm 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 assuming right. you've noticed that yourself. Um, what are some of the ramifications uh, of that?
1: I feel like see when you talk about digital marketing and its globalization. The world has been changing rapidly and there are various consequences of that because if you look at the users, they are just users which can spend. But if you look at the dark side of the internet, there are kids, there are other, you can take kids or even people who are just so influenced by the online market and the web platforms that they are making it a lifestyle. So there are various examples that, you know, there was a recent example that a game was launched and a lot of people had to jump over a building and suicide or something that was a ramification of a digital world or you can call it digital marketing as well, because the game was marketed very well that you have to perform certain tasks. And at the last task, you have to jump off a building or something. And around more than 100 people did that for real it's on the google it's on various websites so that is a ramification mm. that i feel that it triggers a certain amount or you know it triggers a certain part in your brain because these applications are built that way using different psychologists different skilled engineers and developers so it's built that way that it takes a toll on your mind you can't deny that because they are using major technologies and money to, you know, develop it that way. So that is obviously a ramification that we get addicted. Children get addicted. There can be a major negative impact of it on us. So, yeah.
0: But there can also be a a very positive. That's true as well. well, Technology
1: has done things which I don't think certain industry apart from the pharma industry has improved drastically, right? But when we talk about the social Mm. phase of the technology, like if we are using Google for good things, Mm. that's pretty good. But if you're searching some explicit things, which, you know, a kid shouldn't be searching or a person shouldn't be seeing, you can call it a taboo or something that is harmful for their brain or it could trigger someone, you know, so that's also a dark side of the internet.
0: Right. I mean, well, I think it's it's kind of, um, I mean, I agree with you in the sense that there's both right. good and right. bad parts to this. I mean, obviously, I mean, obviously in my country, and I'm pretty sure in India as well, um, we haven't really talked or thought a lot about, at least on right. a policy level what are the ramifications of free pornography literally just free pornography widely available um on not not necessarily adults although adults too but right children
1: like what are the I ramifications like of that as i have written um, certain books that there's a very mental effect of the free pornography because the pornographies are considered more violent and crude as compared to what happens in real life sometimes, you know? So it takes a lot of toll. Like I'll tell you a great porn experiment that Gary Wilson talked about in the Terex talk. So he said that it has become most potential to become more addictive to the porn because the way it replicates and it shows us that, you know, it's, getting so violent and it triggers certain part of our body or hormones that makes us more excited about it. But in a certain way, that's very harmful for our Mm. mind as well as our body because those free pornography actors or whatever you call them porn stars. So sometimes they use certain pills or disruptive hormonal capsules and all. Which we don't take and it can result in a different way. Like how they show in pornography, you know?
0: Mm. Okay. Let me let's switch gears here. Let's talk about you said right. you're an ebook publisher.
1: Yeah.
0: Or an ebook author. Um what do you think about that as a whole,
1: being so, an ebook author? Ebook author, I feel is pretty easy and a great way to convey your message or if you have any thoughts compared to the publication ages that we used to have before. Even we have it right now, but eBooks are a trend right now. So that's pretty easy. Anyone like you and me, like the book I wrote was related to how to have a more philosophical and a better life. So it was a small, like 30, 40 pages guidebook in which I was just Mm -hmm. telling different factual information that can help you. Become more happy, more content with your life. Simple steps. And the other book that I have is related to the SEO, which is part of a digital marketing. So being an ebook writer is very Mm -hmm. fun to do because I get a lot of thoughts and I'm more good at it, at writing thoughts and expressing it instead of just speaking it out loud. So that worked for me pretty much nicely and yeah, a good space out there.
0: Why don't you explain, you, yeah. you just mentioned SEO. Why don't you explain what right. SEO is um, right, right. to my audience?
1: So SEO is search engine optimization. It is a part of digital marketing and you can call it a big part mm. of digital marketing because SEO can help you create your brand or increase brand awareness. Like You can have different different goals and accomplish it with SEO. So what SEO does is like whenever you search for Amazon or search for any nearby ice cream parlor, so the websites or the pages that you see on the front, Mm -hmm. they are SEO optimized. That's why you can see it up front. So SEO is just a noticeable method of getting websites or web pages on the top of search engine ranking pages, which you also call it as sub. So put in it literal sense the more visits or hits the more website is visible the web page would be when a search is applied so seo is used to bring more traffic to the website as it helps us rank higher on search results
0: and i think the uh, i think seo and, and google and all that is great because like i my podcast i use yeah. seo for my podcast a- seo is um, a
1: great way and, and uh... Uh... People use it for different. Like first, SEO was just limited to the search engine yeah. pages, but now people are doing it. There's organic SEO for social media, the organic SEOs for podcasts, for Airbnb. So for most of the things, SEO is used right now.
0: Mm. And I I think it's it's revolutionary. I think it helps. ideas out there and and gets people noticed. I'm I'm, I'm a fan.
1: The best thing about SEO, the USP you can say is it's all organic. Like if you are skilled and if you know how to perform the Mm. on-page, off-page SEO through a bit of coding or using some different SEO tools, you can rank it and bring it higher on the search engine results. You don't have to spend a lot of money or hundreds of dollars just for that so it's all organic and it's all healthy crowd
0: yeah i mean i i but i think it's i don't know if you know who uh, gutenberg is but i think this is right up no. there with the printing press i really do um okay. so okay the other thing i wanted to talk to you about was um I, I have what I would characterize as an evolving okay. opinion of cryptocurrency. Um, my opinion of cryptocurrency is, well, first of all, uh, Congress, yeah. our, our Congress, regulates it as a security. So it is not legally a, a okay. currency of, of really any kind. Uh, although some people seem to think it has that potential. Um, At least in this country. Um, Why don't you explain to people what cryptocurrency is, first of all?
1: Cryptocurrencies started by an unknown or anonymous person known as Satoshi Nakamoto, who started blockchain and released the cryptocurrency and the blockchain papers back in 2009. So it is a digital payment system and it doesn't rely on banks or any other third party to verify the transaction. Instead of physical money that we carry around and exchange in the real world, cryptocurrencies is a digital payment that exists purely as digital entries in an online database describing specific transactions. So if I talk about the potential of cryptocurrency, I feel like there's a lot of potential to it you won't believe but uh, recently a report stated that there have been more than 300% surge on the crypto users so the crypto users have grown more than 100 million recently like in the last year and if the best thing about cryptocurrencies or the online based system is that each transaction is reported on the blockchain so blockchain is something which you can't like uh, how you can go around and delete a certain mail which you have sent at least in your file and get deleted you can er- erase it off your memory as well but once a transaction is stored in the blockchain then another block gets stored and then another so there are subsequent blocks which are stored in the database so you can't remove one block and erase the transaction mm-hmm. you can't do that so it's always stored in the blockchain it's very safe you can't Hack it easily because to just remove one block, you have to change all the subsequent blocks. And if one of the blocks gets triggered or something, the database or the users, you know, which are miners, will know about it that something is happening and they'll be more alert about that something is hacking or something. And then probably they'll change the code or something and it can't be hacked. So that is the best thing, yeah. Oh, this tell me.
0: Yeah. The thing I like about blockchain technology that I'm aware of is the, right. the security aspects of it. I think it's much more secure, I think. Uh, so as far as that goes, I, I'm, you know, I'm right. on board. I You know, but I really kind of wonder if it's like I know cryptocurrency, like, for example, Ethereum and, and also like, uh, yeah, Bitcoin, like that. I, I know currently those are, you know, valuable or whatever, but I don't know if that's long term. But, you know, I, I have talked to folks all over the world and I've talked to people who use, uh, cryptocurrencies basically to function in, yeah. in society, you know, in life, um, because right. they have to. But, um, I just So, didn't...
1: according to me, as from I would say I... that you know, yeah, as humans, we need different changes, different advancements in the life, or it it gets boring, and our brain is developed like that where, that it needs evolution, it needs revolutionary changes. So I would say cryptocurrency and blockchain is a revolutionary change because it is different from existing technologies. It has a future. If we look at the positive aspects of it, they are more than the negative aspects, right? And if we talk about the holders of the Bitcoin, so the best thing is you can see the data who holds how many Bitcoins and everything. So you can see USA and China government, they hold a certain number of Bitcoins. So I don't know if they have a FOMO, like, you know, fear of missing out because there's only 21 million Bitcoins which have ever mined and they can't be more than that. So they hold a certain number of Bitcoins, both the US and China government, it's there on the Google, it's there on many crypto tracking websites, so you can check that. So I feel like there is some certain potential, but to adapt, it will take a lot of time for everyone to adapt to it because right now there are backfires and there are supporters as well. So, yeah. Hmm.
0: I didn't know that the actual, the US you government... No, they hold a today. certain amount.
1: Just give me a second. I'll tell you the amount, how much they hold. A lot A lot of companies, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So, USA has, like, something around... Around 100 or something million of Bitcoin. And China government has, like... Eighty or seventy million dollars of Bitcoin, something like that. But they hold a good, pretty much good amount. Hmm. hmm.
0: That's interesting because you know that's very interesting because the U.S. government, um, you know. The popular conception over here is that, at least right. when you talk to average people, the popular conception over here is, well, Bitcoin is a thing. It exists. And either people think, well, this is going to replace the U.S. dollar or, you know, um, basically mm-hmm. I, I can talk to a lot of people all day long that would mm-hmm. think it was a scam. Um but it's interesting that the U.S. Yeah. government is invested And uh, they invested it? it, not right now. Aware, it man. is like
1: an old investment. I don't have the all the details about it. But yeah, it's there and it's literally proven. So you can check around it. Uh, but I feel people did call it a big scam and everything. But as different things are happening and you know, you literally see, if you see the news or tech news, you'll see like, Every day a new big brand or a company is investing into Metaverse, Bitcoin or NFTs or at least some space. So I I won't call it a scam. I don't know if it's a bubble or not. But yeah, something is happening in the market right now and people are not missing it out. Yeah. No,
0: I, I understand something's happening. Yeah. Um... And you, you think this is the future. So you, you think Bitcoin and NFTs
1: uh, are the future. To a certain um, extent, yes. I do feel like that because mm. the technology is pretty transparent and the Gen Zs that are coming or, you know, people after that, they'll, are they're more technology-oriented or connected, you can say. So for them, I would say they would prefer this side more and... More, more, more and more people are adapting to it. So probably in like 20, 30 mm. years, I feel like more than 60 or 70% of the population might be using this technology.
0: Is that on the earth or is that in Sorry? India or is that in the US? Is that on earth or is that in India? Uh, or I'm talking or about the, the whole US? world, like
1: the whole world population might be doing.
0: Sixty or seventy percent of the yeah, world. That's so, that's a lot. Yeah. Um yeah. I mean when you look at China where the people becoming maybe not more democratic, but certainly more um technologically mm-hmm. advanced or whatever, and look at India and look at
1: yeah, okay. Yeah, I feel like I was Yeah, when you look at those numbers that are coming up, you know, like in last year, this year, the Europe, it was never the startup or technological Mm -hmm. hub, but they produced like around 50 to 100 unicorns last year. That is like a big amount for the Europeans because they were not, they were more attached to their art, culture and their societies and all, but they are entering the tech very fast and even they are taking a big hit on it. China is as always going after the advancement. So I feel like there is tech advancement everywhere, but in different different sectors or industries you can say.
0: Okay. Okay. Um could you tell me um so you think eventually people will mm-hmm. be using cryptocurrency? As currency, like you, you yeah, think someday, it'll
1: be, I feel like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: maybe by 2100, <laughs> or
0: but we don't know yeah, as like, of yet. Yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I talked uh, with an expert right. in cryptocurrency, and he said one of the the major things he said was the banks, the banks are very conservative as far as. Where they put their money, and also mm-hmm. I think the uh, the computer technology right. just wasn't fast enough to handle the level of transactions. So I think those two levels, I think would
1: yeah maybe slow uh, somewhat slow. That is possibly true because yeah. that is for sure not every country and every bank will accept it so fast and so quickly. Like if you look at some of the you know, Mm -hmm. undeveloped countries or something. You don't see that they'll be using a lot of Bitcoin there because they're already undeveloped and they're planning to just use those dollars wisely, right? So Mm -hmm. there's both the sides to it. But as of now, what's happening in the market, if this is the pace, then there is a possibility that we might very much early adapt it. But we don't know of the challenges yet.
0: Well, I mean, personally, I mean, and I've said this on a podcast I've released, I want it to work. Like, I, I do. I want cryptocurrency mm-hmm. to function. I want it to work. I want it to, I want to be able to pay people across the world using the same currency right. and have them take it and do with it what they will, and I... I understand that not all the governments of earth are are friendly and not all the governments of earth are friendly to all the people right, in, right, within right. that government. I understand all that. And I think that's I think that's a good idea to have cryptocurrency. But I also think there's a lot of you know, like I remember in 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011. Mhm people thought crypto like i was going to be able to take it down to the right. to the store right. and buy things with it and and so far it's become a a, a right. security of sorts um and so i'm i don't want it to become like those buildings in china that people buy and sell right, but right, nobody so. lives in them i don't want it to become <laughs> that, like that won't be good
1: for <laughs> sure yeah
0: You know, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: So tell me, um, tell me about India, um, as far as like the economy, cryptocurrency market. Well, just overall, the economy, the it's exploded, right? The economy, India
1: is growing very fast in terms of like last year, there were more than around 120 or something unicorns in India, that is a big number. And most of the big companies, even they are shifting their manufacturing plants and everything to India. So India is getting a huge gain in it and related to cryptocurrency. The government is very neutral yet cause it's, they're not even supporting it. They're not very much neglecting it because there are certain startups that are unicorn and they are crypto related apps so both of the things are happening and india is booming right now because of the market and cheap labor as well so both the things are there and it is helping india in some way
0: okay all right so india in your estimation has really prospered from the recently uh, global they are
1: economy. But, you know due to covid Every country except for China have faced a lot of loss on their GDP, on the economy. So same with India as well. People are still adapting, but there are also yeah. things happening. The market is growing fast as compared to what it was like five or six years ago. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And do you see that? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's happened so fast. Do you you see it slowing down? Right. Like, do you, do you see the economy in India slowing Uh, down or what? I feel
1: like due to COVID, it suffered a great loss and the government Mm -hmm. and the investors and different companies are trying a lot to grow the GDP, but eventually it will take time. But a lot of investors and, uh, Global mm. head leaders, they predict that India can be a big superpower along with U.S., China, and other countries in like five to ten next years. Mm. Yeah. So they do predict that seeing the future and well, the advancements that are happening in the market. But then there's again challenges yeah. everywhere. So, yeah.
0: I mean, I think the what I think is, I think... Um... Long term, I think India has a better, a better uh, situation mm-hmm. than China for sure. Long term, uh, because first of all, because of your government, because of because the people right. can vote and you know have political say in their lives, because you guys, you know, you speak English, and English is kind of the lingua right, the lingua right. franca of the world. Um, also, I feel that. Like- You're right
1: when you talk about China because people eventually, you know, you need to say out your word loud in the market. And China doesn't give that respect to people or they don't give them a chance to speak. So, yeah, that is. Yeah.
0: Also, like, yeah. Also, like, I've talked to people that. lived in China. And just by listening to them talk about things going on, things that they even saw in China, you can really tell, like, there are some real structural problems in China that that they haven't run into yet. They haven't had had the time to run into yet. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, you know. But at the same time, I mean... I mean, you can't really argue, you know, it's a lot of people, but it's also like how many of those people are actually able to compete right. in the global marketplace, you know, because there's a lot of poverty. There's a lot of real problems. Um, and
1: I also feel like yeah. the dictatorship in China is growing more massively. Like, you know, if you might have heard how what they did with Jack Ma recently last year when it was related to his company and he said something against the Chinese government and it backlashed on him and he faced some consequences that we don't know about cause there's no Google. We can't record things in China or anything, but yeah, there are real things happening yeah. there that we have no idea of cause when you even see COVID, every country has faced several losses, several deaths, but China on the other hand, they grew and they grew really nice last year even last two last year they saw profits and the market really grew there fastest you know really fast yeah Mm.
0: yeah i mean i've studied china before Uh in the past and i'm skeptical whenever i see a a data from china like because of my background studying china years ago I'm skeptical whenever I see data of China because China has a history of fudging of to use an American idiom, fudging the data. Like they have a, a way they have this sort of thought that we can just make the data right. say whatever we want it to say. I mean, so I mean, you know, I'm, and one of the big problems that China has is they don't have enough foreign currency. So that's why they're selling uh, televisions. Right. That's why they sell phones.
1: I mean... So, so you won't believe, but China gets a lot of their GDP through the counterfeit market that they have. Like, you know, those small, small, and even big made-in-China items that is are sold out all over the world. But recently, due to a bit of conflicts mm-hmm. between those... All the governments and china and us and even other governments so most of the countries are avoiding to get things from china and you know like neglected a bit even in india they last to last year they started these things called made in india so where you just have the indian startups and the things should be made in india it shouldn't be manufactured from china because Even if you take small things like a charger, you know, a counterfeit charger of a phone. So China makes it all and they import it to, export it to pretty much every country. So India decided and the prime minister supported and they're inspiring the youth and the people to make in India, like anything you make should be manufactured in India and should be avoided to take, you know, these small items from China and give them money in return, of course. Mm. Like
0: Well, I mean I, I yeah, I think um I mean yeah, I totally agree. We have a big problem with fake not fake chargers per se, but chargers designed right. to break yeah. your phone. Right. They're, we have a huge problem with that. We have a problem with um there's all sorts of security issues right. with certain uh, mm-hmm. Chinese technology. Um, it's just, I mean, and I was listening to a podcast. It's morning here, so I was I was listening to a podcast okay. this morning, and it's just the amount of uh, medicine that they mm-hmm. make in China for the U.S. is just insane. Like the amount of like the food, the amount of food sold in this country that at some point in its life cycle as a food product Uh goes to china is just amazing it's just staggering and i think i really do i think we're gonna have to we who's we everybody but china (laughs) is gonna have to reassess some things for
1: sure china has been the king of exporting since forever like since they thought to you know Channelize mm. the government more and they yeah. created some laws that you know the government will work in a certain way and people have to work like this and they'll have a wage and earning, and more in products should be developed in China and then be exported to other countries. So, I believe what you say for sure. China has yeah. been doing that since years, yeah, yeah.
0: And I mean, when you talk to, I mean, I've talked to people um, who've had, you know, friends disappeared by the Chinese government, (laughs) um, things like that. Yeah. There was even, um, there was, I was going to have a man on my podcast and we were going to talk about um, nothing to do with China, actually. Um, Nothing to do with China at all. But he lived in Hong Kong, and so it was. A, so it was a video call, right? It was a video that I was so, recording, and you could, you could watch him uh-huh. like have stage fright. It was it was that the craziest thing ever. Like I'm watching this man have stage fright, and like there was all kind of things about how like. We can't talk about China, we can't say where I live, any like right, that, right, blah blah. And he just I, about ten minutes in he was like I don't uh, wanna do so, this. Anymore. So I'll tell you
1: a interesting like, okay. factual thing that happened in China. Okay, it's a real based yeah. thing. If you have heard of a comedian called mm-hmm. Hassan Minas, he make these comic episodes mm-hmm. with facts. So I got it from there. I saw it there and then I did some research. So it's all real what I'm going to say. So I don't remember the particular year, but somewhere around 60s or 70s in China. So there was a civil war, like the people in China, they revolted, that they wanted democracy. Okay. So Chinese government, what they did is they literally got the tanks and they killed their own people just that. So they don't revolt and they just shut it out there. Like. They don't want any fuss to be there and so they just brought the tanks on the road literally for their own people you can read about it as well so Mm -hmm. and when you talk about people that are living there right now people who are like 20 years or 50 years old they don't know about that a certain certain thing happened it's not there in the history books it's not there anywhere so people have no idea people are told to not talk about it and it should just remain confidential As fuck. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. I tell you, man. China has, it's, you know, Mm -hmm. um, it's just (laughs) problems, (laughs) (laughs) is what it is. It's, you know, they they pass themselves off to the West, or even not even to the West, just to the rest of the world as. This, you know, this friendly
1: China's plan, plan has always been done. to be the yeah, sole power of the world. Like you know, how U.S. was after the Cold War, mm-hmm. and he was there. Now there are many countries right. that are doing good, but U.S. is does have a foot front. So China is trying to be that, and they are working very hard in that way. Because a recent report. That came out. It showed that China made a lot of profit and will replace US in like one or two years. That sounds crazy. I,
0: you know, maybe, but you know, call me a pot, You know, call me an optimist, but I think um, I really, honestly think India has a better long-term future than China. I mean, for real, because. If you think about it, so I don't know if you know this, but there's a region of China that has where most of our viruses on the planet, like most of the viruses have come from, okay? And the thing that is sort of saving everybody, why everybody, I mean everybody on the planet, is that right now those things are, you know, they're in permafrost. Well, when they get out of mm-hmm. permafrost, because of climate change, um, things are going to change. I mean, China's right. not going to be having right, the right, easy time right. of it, right. you know. And that says nothing about political so- solutions. That says
1: nothing about... Military or any um, solutions that you're talking about. Yeah.
0: Exactly. And also... You know, climate change. What what are we talking about? We're talking right. about rising sea levels, right? Where are all those big right. Chinese cities that make all the technology? Right, they're right. on the ocean.
1: Because uh, you know, it is you predicted know? that I mean, these coastal, most of the coastal cities will be underwater in some years due to the climate threat and change. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, I think China is big now, but I don't know if it'll if they'll be big in fifty years or a hundred years or, or whatever. Um,
1: you know, I don't know. Tell us, but right now China is doing a lot of like in tech world. You call it acquisitions, which happen with consent, but China mm-hmm. is forcing their militaries to you know take over. Like even there's India and China. You can call it a conflict between. A certain land mm-hmm. that is Bhutan and its nearby land. So China has been slowly taking and getting their camps on that side, and trying to take over that thing. So yeah, there has always been this yeah. conflict, and there's been a war as well between India and China due to the proper land.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm uh. You know, I'm I'm a realist, but I'm also somebody that says what is today right. doesn't have to be tomorrow. You know. But um that's what I'd really that's say true. about that. I believe in it as well. Um
1: Do you know anything yeah. about virtual reality? I do think about it a lot and lately I've been seeing things that make me believe that okay, there's going to be something like that as well. So, uh, Mm.
0: yeah, um, I think, yeah, I think virtual reality is going to be a game changer.
1: Facebook is working really hard to be, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, what do you say? The giant in the virtual reality and AR market, they are building Oculus, they are Mm -hmm. doing different acquisitions, they're working really hard to create certain VR and AR equipments or tools, you can say. That will Mm -hmm. give them a foot front, like their glasses are coming, their Oculus hands and technologies where we can do our, you know, like how we are talking right now on a podcast, but we can't see each other or anything, you know, but there will be holograms of both of us. So it will feel like we are just there face to face and feel each other a certain amount. That's what he said in a podcast. That's what Mark Zuckerberg
0: said. (laughs) I, I believe that. I... I believe that. And what I think is hilarious is like when these people on these tech podcasts, when they say, I don't know what the, you know, what the, what they call the killer app of of VR is going to be. And I'm like, I know exactly what it's going to, as soon as I heard about it, like for real, I mean, not in science fiction, but in reality, as soon as I heard about it, I was like, I know exactly what the, uh, when we talk about these, you know,
1: (laughs) lands selling as, NFTs and these various lands they're selling, they are trying to enter the metaverse or the virtual reality. So if you might have heard Justin Bieber performed a concert in the metaverse. So there are things happening which are part of virtual reality, which have just started, there's a lot to it, but that's all crazy that it's really happening. Mm -hmm. H&M launched their store in the metaverse. So it's all the digital virtual experience that's happening. Yeah.
0: yeah yeah cool Mm -hmm. so um did you do you think the um this is gonna i guess the where do you see this going do you because what i see is i see um people being able to meet each other and and like because once we figure out that we're basically yeah all just people.
1: Right, right, right. You know. So, I feel that should be the main aim to connect people. That's what Facebook said and that's what Mark Zuckerberg said in podcast that their main aim is still to connect people as it was with Facebook. But now, it will be virtually through AR and through VR. So, I feel like that should be the aim. The technology that is heading up, it should be based on human connection but not to a certain extent that you know you just make the physical world disappear or something right That might sound crazy but there is a possibility that something like that can happen because people are just at their home chilling on their phones on their laptops and everything and there are people who are going out as well so they are both the peoples right now but there is a possibility that You know, it's all virtual and you're not going anywhere. You're just enjoying concerts, sitting at your home. Like, okay, I'm in the VR world. We are partying. Let's go. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, but once It's like now. It's like I talk to people all over the world and they'll tell me, like, um, Mm -hmm. so I met my wife in in Reddit or I met... I talked to, like, several people. I don't know the number, but... Uh A lot of people who've told me, like they met their their wife or their husband in Reddit or in a YouTube chat right, or just whatever, and that's what I think this is going to be. Uh, you know, yeah, okay, you're going to have people just sitting in their house, you know, watching concerts virtually for sure. But you're going to be able yeah, to go that's, meet that
1: that's person. Bad as well.
0: Like you're going to yeah. be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah and it's like we were saying you know on the one hand the web brings <laughs> us free pornography and that's a problem right. for lots of people but on the other hand it also you and right. I are having a conversation right and you know you're able to you're you're able to work right. from anywhere in the world pretty much if you have fast enough
1: internet so it's like you know that's true i feel but You know, again, there are a lot of things, and things have just started, so we can't predict the future and conclude it that okay, it's gonna be just like this.
0: Well, what if it's all of that? It is a possible question. Is what if it's not one thing? What if it's? Mm -hmm. What if it's all of that? And what if like? So on the one hand. Like, what if you have? I can okay. watch anything I want. I can buy anything if I can right, afford right. it. I can buy anything I want. I don't have to go somewhere and buy. But on the other hand, you have like, you have shops, retail shops dying, and you have communities that, that is happening outside. right now. Yeah, but yeah, no, it is. It, right, it absolutely is, and. But there's positives in there. That's
1: true companies are starting yeah. their vision with it that, you know, people everything is becoming more automated so people can just have a better experience mm-hmm. and be on that virtual world and do that shopping stuff and everything they want to do. Like, that's what they're saying metaverse mm-hmm. is that any day-to-day activity that we form right now from singing to dancing or anything will be done virtually in the metaverse that's what they're saying but then we don't know what it holds on its negative side right now yeah <laughs>
0: well right i mean okay well i think that's yeah. a good place to wrap it up but thank you thank you so much thank you so much for your time all right yeah. everybody this is a bit This has been Ben Kitchings of the History Voyager. As always, having a good day and hope you are too. Bye-bye.